So hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Reef Talk. This is actually going to be our second episode, and as promised, we're going to have a very special guest. Uh, this special guest is someone I've been following for quite a while, uh, a little bit more specific on Instagram, although uh, she has also ventured off into uh, the dark side of YouTube. Uh, so I've been following her for a while. Um, her tank she started with, I believe, was a 28-gallon uh, nano cube. It's typically those hood-style uh, cube. Uh, I'm not sure if it was JBJ or what it was, uh, but it's a very nice tank. It quickly caught my attention, and recently I've been following her new build. Uh, I believe it's around a 40, 45-gallon build. She's doing an innovative marine, uh, the new style they have been doing. So it's very interesting to see where she's come from. Uh, more importantly, where she's going and kind of her future plans. Uh, so we have with us here today, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Queen of Reef and the one and only Queen of Reef, <laughs> the undoubtable Queen of Reef. Uh, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well, doing well. That was quite the Wonderful. introduction. Quite the introduction. Pretty hyped up, no? <laughs> Pretty hyped up. I love it. That, that That's how we do it here on the Reef Talk. So Queen of Reef, um, I mean, everybody follows you. A lot of people, or if not everybody, knows you. Um, specifically, again on Instagram, I mean that tank you the twenty eight gallon. What what uh, who who made that tank? The twenty eight gallon you had. It was a twenty nine gallon BioCube that I started off. The BioCube. Yes. Okay. And it was my first ever reef tank venture. So, it was your first venture. First venture in the saltwater at all. So it was quite exciting. It was challenging, but. Um, it ended up looking okay. I think I'm happy to start over, start fresh, and have something new to get excited about. Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, watching how you were able to, I remember seeing that tank uh, very vividly uh, the first time I, I came across it. It was a very small uh, footprint tank, but you had huge colonies in there. I mean, as big as probably my whole hand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and just watching how you were able, now, now, did you grow those out like that or did you buy them like that? Um. Okay, so... They pretty much all grew out to be that big, but I was um, afraid of fragging <laughs> for the oh, longest okay, time. Okay. I wouldn't frag because I was so scared of killing off the coral or doing it, um, yeah, you know, incorrectly and killing off half of it. So they pretty much all grew to be that size, you know. Um, got it. It got pretty, got pretty bad. I mean, they were. There were some giant no, I mean that, little colonies in the tiny tank. That thing, was, yeah, that thing was jam. I remember you had, there was like no room to do anything in there. It was yeah. absolutely jam-packed. Did not keep <laughs> the portions, was, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as your, your, your fish in there, did you have any fish in that tank? Yes, I did. I had um, a cardinal fish. I had two okay. clownfish okay. and a six-line wrasse. Oh, okay. And Great. a okay. yellow watchman goby. So, so total, we had a total of five fish in there. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I, I did hear you mention this is, this was kind of your first venture, um, into the saltwater hobby as we know it. Uh, so how, how long ago did you, did you start this hobby? So I started this hobby about two years ago. Okay. Um, I started. Honestly, I uh, I started because, yeah, it's a weird story. Um, so I started a freshwater tank in my dorm. Um, I had some neon tetras. They were they were cute. I still have those fish to this day. It's funny because I made oh, it look do. like a reef. Yeah. Yeah, they're so <laughs> fat and old now. It's so funny. Oh, God. 
uh, <laughs> I made it look like a little reef, and my dorm was obnoxiously bright colored. And um, because of light, I mean, just decorative. Why, you know, decorative wise, I made it look like neon <laughs> and colorful and everything. So I had to have a matching fish tank, you know. Um, yeah, my roommate yeah. suggested we get a fish tank and everything. So I got I got these little neon tetras set up, and then um, gradually over time it became quite boring because um what made that fish tank so thrilling was learning everything there is to know about freshwater tanks mm -hmm. and once i mean I that's did a whole that, other world on its own right yeah i mean it was it was great while yeah while it lasted but um what happened was i placed the fish in my tank you know did water changes and did everything you're supposed to do i tested my water but there was just nothing more to it at that point. I mean, my fish were yeah. happy, they were thriving, but there was nothing new I had to learn. And that's such an important component of this hobby to me is learning. So what happened was I wanted to add a cherry shrimp um, to my freshwater aquarium. And I ended up accidentally walking walking into a saltwater only uh, fish store. And I just <laughs> fell in love. Like, I just fell in love. Like, they did not sell cherry shrimp, but... They had the most beautiful corals and everything, and I was just so in yeah. love. And uh, the shop owners there were so helpful. They they were basically my senseis when I first started the hobby. So I would run to them, like, honestly, every second day trying to figure out what is this and what is that. And they helped me along the journey, and honestly, I just fell in love. Yeah, no, I think I think that's that's one of the important parts uh, when getting started in this hobby. It, it's it's very I wouldn't say very difficult, but there's a lot of uh, different stuff to know. So certainly having someone that you can go talk to or ask questions uh, gets you off on a better foot than obviously if you don't know anyone, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's actually yeah. a must. I think it's a must to it's have a, somebody that you can go to. You need to have a sensei. That that should be the new thing. You need to have a sensei before you start. <laughs> you need to figure out <laughs> before you started. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that that's really interesting story, though. So it was a complete accident, right? So you were trying to find a cherry uh, shrimp, which correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't those the red uh, the red colored shrimps for for uh, freshwater? Yes, yes, they are. Okay. Yes. Okay. And I wanted one because I wanted some more color and I've never had more shrimp, color. And yeah. I just en ended up in the right place at the right time. At the right time. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you were certainly chasing color, uh, saltwater is for sure the avenue for you. So, so I think you ended up at the right place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was, oh, gosh, maybe a year after walking into that store that I actually had the guts to buy a saltwater tank. So yeah. it took a lot of research i researched every day for like six hours no joke <laughs> i would stay up all night like after my classes were over and just study 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 because i really wanted a reef tank but um my my mother my dear mother <laughs> put me under the impression when i was very young that uh, a reef tank was kind of impossible to keep unless you're like some kind of marine biologist so mm -hmm. i grew up with that kind of mindset um because I always adored reef tanks, you know, going to aquariums and stuff like that. But she made it come across to me, you know, in my young, impressionable mind that reef tanks were kind of just something reserved for experts and that I wasn't really capable mm -hmm. of owning one. So that's what the extensive research came into play. But I feel like it yeah. made me more successful in the long run. So, Oh, 
Absolutely. I think it's like anything in life. The more you research, the better prepared you are, the better results you're going to have. And and it's funny you you talk about that. I think a lot of you reefers, uh, specifically, you know, even some listening, um, I think saltwater does have that stigma or that label of just being something that's very, very difficult that every fish you put in there is going to die. Um, but like you said, once you jump in it and once you learn it, it's really not that difficult. I mean, I've I've never had freshwater, so I don't know how much harder or easier it is in it. Uh, but I would assume that it takes a little bit more uh, of babysitting than it does for, for a freshwater tank. Would you agree? Um, I'm sorry, for a freshwater tank or a saltwater tank? For salt, well, the saltwater takes a little bit more babysitting oh, than yeah. the freshwater. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. But freshwaters would, would, would are you say, just. Like, would you say it's hard though? Uh, it's hard in the sense that it you have to go on your own time and research a lot of things. Yeah. There are a lot of yeah. things that you have to take into consideration at one time, which makes it more difficult. But in the sense of like what you physically have to do in the sense of water changes and testing your water. It's not that different from salt water, uh, fresh water. I'm sorry. It's not that different. It's just, you have to take more things into consideration. And <laughs> yeah, I find it actually just more rewarding at the end of the day because oh, certainly. it's more challenging. No it requires more from you. You constantly have to mm -hmm. keep up with it and keep track of it versus I felt like fresh water, you kind of just, it's like set it up and then you're good. You know what I mean? Like, there's Set it not in, forget much. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. not much day-to-day. Yeah. Uh, -day. I don't know. I I love the aspect of saltwater, you know, because it you constantly have to stay on it, and you yeah. you have to maintain and, it, and, you know. No, so. totally. And like you said, it, it I think it's a lot more rewarding, um, saltwater, because it, it's something that if you do what you're supposed to be doing, you'll be very rewarded. Given it is slow, it's like watching paint dry on the wall. <laughs> um but you will be rewarded yes definitely yeah. definitely it's so, it, i love seeing the corals grow and everything like that so so as far as that being your first tank what what do you think has been what you would consider your biggest struggles in the tank because i mean let's play let's play honest here i think we've all had that part of the tank or that stage <laughs> that the tank is going to that we're like what the hell like i'm just gonna shut this down yeah um honestly my biggest struggle in general that I still have today is is the patience thing um uh, I I mean I've made like slip-ups here like technical slip-ups here and there like I remember when I first started I topped off with salt water instead of fresh you know like stuff like that <laughs> I've uh I've been there done that but um probably the biggest struggle that I've had consistently throughout this hobby is being patient um, oh yeah, and I think yeah, that's certainly. the key. That's really the key to this hobby is being patient and being persistent. Because I mean, like I I feel like I hold such high expectations of my tank, and I often forget that it's the progress that leads you to have success, and it's the progress that makes the hobby enjoyable. So no, totally. I I often forget, like especially with this new tank that I just set up. Um, it's only a few months old, but I have expectations that it's like a, it's, it should, should be acting like a three-year-old tank, you know? And it's not. <laughs> and of course it's not. And it's just like, have to step back and, you know, take everything for what it is. Every stage of the aquarium for what it is, because you'll, yeah. you'll drive yourself nuts trying to fill a tank overnight, you know, or you know, just expect it to do things that it's just, it's 
too premature to do so. No, exactly. And and I think a lot of people um, expect too much from from their tank, especially when they're when either the tank is new or they're new in the hobby. Um, they got to realize that change in in this hobby happen, you know, over two, three weeks or months at a time. It's nothing that, you know, you go buy a coral in, in within an hour, it's going to be happy. Sometimes it'll take a few weeks and some people just don't have that patience. Exactly. Exactly. This, ta- yeah. this hobby has taught me patience like no other. I'm such an impatient person yeah. by nature. So <laughs> No, trust me. Try- not only you, I think a lot of us share the same thing, but but it, it does teach you to be a little bit more patient. I think for me, it it uh, certainly has done that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is yeah. yeah. Patience is the biggest struggle by far. Yeah, always no, has, totally. always will be. I think. So, so I in in going off this patience uh, talk we're having here, that's obviously one of the things you've learned. Um, what else have you learned? Uh, you know, certain anything else maybe you can share with our listeners that. Uh, maybe they can grab from you other than the patience that you've learned with having uh, that first uh, 28 gallon tank or 29 gallon tank. That's a loaded question. Um, there's quite a few things actually. Um, okay. So a few things that I've learned are, especially recently, um, nothing good ever happens in a reef quickly. So Mm-mm. that goes back to the patience thing, but in mm-hmm. general, you just, if you try to do too much at once, things will go downhill so fast. So totally agree with you. Nothing good happens quickly. Have to no take everything at the right time and take everything in stride. Um, yeah. It's also, it's so important to do your research, and I find that there's a lot of people in this hobby to claim that claim that they know everything and honestly they know nothing and people who know (laughs) the most in this hobby they still have a lot to learn so what's great about this hobby that makes it so exciting is that you always have to do your research um always have to keep learning what's new what's what can you do better what's going wrong i mean i um honestly i've not really abided by this um (laughs) When I started, so I did my whole research thing before I got my tank. But then when I when I actually bought the tank and I got it started and things were looking good, I was like, oh, you know, I'll learn by doing, you know. And I feel that that's really the wrong way to go about it now. Um, knowing a bit more than I did then, I feel like it's important to do the combination. It's just because you things are going well in your tank doesn't mean that you should stop researching stop trying to learn more because i think that was my biggest fault um there's so much out there that you don't know to learn and no and and like you so like you said it it really is just like never ending yeah yeah it's it's never ending and and yeah i I honestly believe that's part of the fun of it because like you said what turned you off from freshwater is the fact that once you got it going it kind of just was going on its own it's like it was like on cruise control Yeah, totally, totally. Exactly. Um, so that 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 that's really interesting. And no, I think those are great key points because, like I said, a lot of the the people listening to us are probably going to be uh, new reefers or you know people starting out. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think for sure the best advice to give is one to go very, very, very slow, uh, to make very, very, very small changes, and to just give it time. Yeah. I, I think time more than anything with uh, with these reefs. It's I mean you got to realize in in nature in the ocean th- these reefs don't happen. Uh, you know, er, uh, over a year, it happens over hundreds of years that these huge reefs are created. 
So the fact that we want to get a tank, cycle it in a week and, you know, get it filled up in the next week and expect it to be amazing. It, it's really just asking the impossible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. and just because someone else does something one way doesn't mean you should too. That's something I no, learned. That, too. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that, and it, it's funny. I, I talk about this all the time because a lot of people, you know, people that follow you, people that follow me, uh, they want to replicate what we're doing and they want to expect the same results. But what I tell people, I can set up two same exact tanks side by side the same day, the same bio load, the same coral, the same everything. And they'll both like literally take completely different tracks. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah because sure. I mean, we're, we're dealing with biological, we're dealing with bacteria here. So no two bacteria are going to act the same in certain environments and, you know, algaes and so on. And so it's just, it's just completely different environments that, like you said, you can't, you know, I could probably replicate your identical setup and I guarantee you, I'm not going to get the same exact results. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I was victim to this when I was starting out. I was always like, oh, I like their reef. If I just do what they do, I should have the same kind yep. of success. No. 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 And, and, and you know you know what I see a lot of people do? I think it's a huge mistake and I'm very happy you bring it up. Like, th let's say a person will have a tank that's doing pretty good and then he'll see a tank that's same tank, but they're doing something different. Guess what? The next day they'll start doing exactly what they're doing, dosing what they're doing. They'll get bad results and then they'll see another guy doing a completely different thing and right away they'll switch to that. And the tank really never is allowed to establish, to cycle, to do what it's supposed to do to mature. And I just think too many people tinkering and following it, you know, trying to follow other people. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think that's a, that's an absolutely great point that, uh, that I'm very happy you did bring up. Yeah, definitely. So it. it on on the twenty nine gallon, I'm sure it sounds like you you had some sort of of uh, maintenance routine. What uh, what what did that look like for you as far as the maintenance, either water changes, um, cleaning the glass, you know, skimmer, anything of that sort? What what was it like? Um, my maintenance routine has stayed the same for this new tank as well as with the BioCube for the most part, um, with the exception that in the BioCube I never had a skimmer. Uh, okay. because I couldn't fit anything back there. But basically, my maintenance routine looks the same. So once a week, I just test all of my water parameters, absolutely all of them. Um, and I, <clears throat> I clean the glass and the sand bed, clean out the skimmer, clean out all the equipment back there, um, and then replace any media and clean my filter walls um, and RDI water or um, replace the filter floss or anything okay, like that. Okay. Um, and then I just do a 10 to 15% water change. But of course, that depends on my parameters. Um, for the now most this, part, it's so, 10 so, or 15. Yeah. So this, this, this 10 water change or this 10% water change you speak of, is this every week or is it based off what your levels are in your tank? It's always based off of what my levels are in my tank, but um, for the okay. most part, like 10 to 15% just keeps <clears throat> things stable. So Got naturally, okay. obviously, with having fish in the tank and everything like that, like if I were to never do a water change, I mean, things would probably look a lot differently. But I feel like 10% is just the place where I've found like a comfortable level where everything just stays a happy nicely. Medium. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not yeah. too much of me, you know, to do a little 10% water change, you know, once a week. But I'm thinking yeah. of changing this with my future plans for the tank. So 
we'll see what Got I it. end up changing my you know routine. But right now it's very kind of minimal. You know, it's not really anything. Not crazy. <laughs> no. <laughs> got it. Got it. So yeah. I, I I heard you say as well um, parameters and so on. So it is or was there any dosing going on on the on that setup? On the BioCube, there was absolutely no dosing um, made by like a oh, doser wow. or anything. Um, I okay. any manual I, dosing at all? Not even that. Not even that. Oh, unless wow. some kind of freak occurrence occurred which never really did i think i dosed maybe once or twice no actually yeah no it was when i had bryopsis i dosed oh, i dosed God, no that stuff is nasty that stuff yeah. is nasty i had it twice yeah. i had it twice oh, and, God. Um, and how how did you get that because i'm sure it came from somewhere it came from um overfeeding um oh. like my corals and uh placing uh, supplements in my tank that I didn't understand what they were, nor understood how to test for them. So, so it sounds like just nutrients were were yeah. going out of control. I mean, to yeah. an absurd extent. Like looking back at what I did yeah. then, I'm like shaking my head. How could you dump, you know, half a bottle of refroids like a you know in in one sitting? Oh, I mean, shit. it was it was <laughs> it was a ridiculous kind of nonsensical kind of adding stuff to my tank, wow. you know, thinking that <laughs> nothing would happen, right? And then I had bryopsis yeah. twice. Yet everybody at the time thought it was green hair algae, so I got none of the They'll advice that I similar. needed. You know, yeah, People you were treating were just, the like, wrong algae. Yeah, I was treating the wrong algae, oh. and it almost took me out of the hobby. I mean, I was so so frustrated. It lasted yeah. months, and it took out a lot no, of my no. corals, and it was extremely extremely difficult to. I took I th- care of it only with no pox and water changes. Yeah, so. I think that that's where we lose a lot of new hobbyists and even experienced hobbyists is right when uh, the algaes hit, either the hell the hair algae the bryopsis like people will just fall off but we got to understand who who created this it's us putting nutrients in the tank not exporting them so where else are they going to go right yeah exactly so yeah. it it it's it yeah it 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 becomes really difficult though. i mean as you've probably seen i went through green hair algae mm-hmm. um and that was a whole fun avenue dealing with it uh but again once you understand what causes it and you know, how to not have it happen again. It And, and it all falls down to nutrient, uh, or sorry, uh, nutrient import and export. So feeding and then either skimming or uh, chato or any algae of that sort. Or there's obviously chemicals out there that'll mm-hmm. export it as well. But having them both in line. Uh, sometimes yeah. water changes work, but if you're not doing huge water changes and you're feeding more than you're exporting out, you can see where that uh, certainly will become an issue. It's all about that balance. It is. It is. It's it, it's a perfect balance we're trying to achieve. And and what I what I tell everybody that that really tries to uh, take it to the next level is I tell them try to be the most amazing water keeper you can be. Don't be a <laughs> coral keeper. Don't be a fish keeper. Be a water keeper. Because exactly. that's really what we're doing. We're we're that trying is... to achieve balance in the water because you're 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 not really directly going to the a, a, a happy coral is a uh, is a result of you having great water parameters so if you really break it down we have to be amazing water keepers mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what this whole <laughs> hobby is about all of us it trying is, to maintain is. nice water nicely <laughs> the yeah, corals yeah, are yeah, an yeah. afterthought <laughs> 
Yeah, no, they are. They, they're a result. They're a result yeah. of you maintaining perfect, perfect water prime. So yeah, when people ask, what do you, do you have a reef tank? No, I'm a water keeper. Yeah. <laughs> are you a reefer? No, I'm a water keeper. <laughs> that's what it should, oh, it should be yeah. called. That's, that's too funny. So on that, on that 28 gallon uh, bio cube you had, what, uh, what light did you have on that? Oh, bio cube stock lights. I had nothing fancy. No. Biocube was that LED or those like T five? There were the they. It was the older version of the Biocube tank, the one that tended so to like, overheat. So oh, it I had remember the, when I was trying to get in the hobby. I remember reading that. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So it was that version, and um, so I never needed a heater. Funny enough. Are you serious? Um, wow. I put in a heater the for, at first, right? And then, oh, yeah. no, no, no. It got ridiculously hot. It was like a, a very hot soup in there. So I, I took wow. out the heater and the lights just did the trick. Kept Were enough. It the perfect yeah. temperature. <laughs> so it was like some sort of, yeah, like not LEDs, but like. I, th um, I think they're, they're T5 bulbs is what they put in them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember researching them. I'm pretty sure they're T5. But that that can explain a lot of your success because that was one less variable to worry about is lighting. Because as you're probably aware now with the uh, fancy lights that are out there, they're so programmable. Uh, it can be a good thing, but at the same, a bad thing, especially if you don't know what you're doing because you're trying to tinker the lights on a daily or weekly basis. Right. And I mean, um, yeah. it's been a huge learning curve for me now getting this tank, trying to adjust to customizable mm. lights. I mean, with the BioCube is on and off, you know, <laughs> just on <laughs> I didn't and have off. to yeah. worry yeah. about that. Um, now I have to worry yeah. about light There's... schedules and timing and all intensity and uh, yeah. a, just honestly, a different out, a different avenue. Yeah. And even photography, like for me with the BioCube, taking pictures of my tank was never an issue. I mean, every picture would come out beautiful just because of the simplicity of just having the whites and the blues 50-50 at all times. And now, like, it's a whole different learning curve, you know, even in the sense yeah. of, like, you know, just taking pictures of my tank. So, what? No, no, out, yeah, but, certainly. Yeah. Certainly, yeah, with LEDs, it, there's just completely different avenues that uh, you got to kind of master, if you will, in a way. Um, but no, I mean, they, they, they got their cool factor. You know, I, I think you probably are enjoying the LEDs a little bit more, but like you said, if you're the tinkering type, it's going to be the worst thing for you. Yeah, no, I'm constantly tinkering with them. I've been good about it recently. I, I settled with a light lighting schedule that I'm happy with enough, but it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm that, always that, tinkering that's the best way to do it. Stuff. Yeah. 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 That's the best way to do it. Um, just set something that you're happy with, kind of leave it there and set it and forget it. And it, believe it or not, it took me about seven months to get to that point with my radions. I was no always way. messing with them. And now it's just like, just leave them. <laughs> yeah. Right. The corals, yeah, they have to yeah. get used to it. Otherwise they'll never be, no, they do. you know, happy. Mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. Exactly. But. Exactly. So with, with your, um, your bio cube, your 29 bio cube, uh, did you feed your corals in that tank or did you only feed fish? And when you fed, what did you feed? What was kind of the regiment and the brand of food uh, you did feed? Um, I feed now and with the BioCube, the same thing. Um, for my fish, I feed, oh, I wish I knew the brand. Uh, they're like these frozen cubes, but they have four different varieties of food in there so they have like stuff like brine hmm. shrimp and mysis shrimp and emerald mix or something like that and they have these four okay. varieties and i just kind of alternate okay. i feel like they like that alternation <laughs> no like they do have it's yeah. a variety of, i mean would you like eating the same thing every day yeah <laughs> of course so they, <laughs> they enjoy it right 
It was definitely yeah. like I always used to feed my shrimp. That used to be like what I would always feed them. But the go-to. Um, I mean, it, it's yeah. a good go-to for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then my uh, actually my mom, Reef Mama, ended up uh, picking up this pack of this like mix one day by I guess by accident, and um, I've never I've never changed their food since. They love it so much. They love the variety. So oh. I feed now, them every now that two days. Is- yeah. Oh, okay. Now, is this feeding for fish or for both fish and this coral? This is for fish and my MPS corals. So MPS, okay, okay. Uh, so, what about uh, the rest of your coral? What uh, what's a feeding regimen, if any, on those? I feed reefroids. I'm a big fan of reefroids. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. And what's uh, what's your? I know reefroid. There's different methods people do. They either do the broadcast or they do the syringe or the thick, really mix up in the syringe. What what's uh, your preferred method? Uh, I just get the good old turkey baster looking thing out and, you know, turn off the flow and just, 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 yeah. <laughs> just, just throw it in there. I didn't know there were ways. There are ways or yeah. techniques. Yeah, okay. there's different, there's different methods people will do. They'll, they'll either uh, do the turkey baster broadcast or uh-huh. they'll do the turkey baster on a specific coral. So spot oh, feeding. Oh, no, I, I spot feed for sure. Okay, so you spot feed. Okay, and then there's spot feeding with the syringe, and it's a really thick paste. Ooh, I kind of want to try that. You should try. <laughs> Ever since I tried that one, like, no joke, the the color and the growth is unreal. Ooh, yeah, that yeah. sounds much more, like, much more effective method there. Yeah, yeah, you're you're really, you know, try it out. Let me know what you think about it. But yeah, I think I think you're gonna love it. So to to sum up it, so your fish, you do uh, a frozen food. It sounds like it's something that kind of has a mixture of everything. Yeah. Um, for your coral, you do um, uh, spot feeding with a syringe turkey baster uh, style. And when, uh, how often do you do the feeding for the coral? Is that also every two days? Um, about twice a week, or at, at the okay. very least once a week. It's it's honestly because um. The bryopsis really scared me off. Like scared me, and you know it's it it's funny. I heard you mention, and I, I know a lot of people listen to us are probably going to flip right now. But correct me if I'm wrong. You feed your fish every two days, not every day. I feed them a lot at one time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I really. Do you, I but you do it every be, two days, though. Yeah, and it's because yeah. of that bryopsis nightmare bryopsis, that I went with. Yeah. I'm I'm honestly like it's to think of feeding my fish every day is is a bit of like you know, like I get a bit of panic because it's like, if yeah, I were to deal with something like that again, I don't know. Like it's, it's my, my fish are very fat and happy though. I have to say, like, it's not like they're, um, they're Sorry. starving here. I don't have no, I don't have starving <laughs> fish. My goby is overweight. <laughs> so people keep commenting <laughs> about it. Um, yeah, I think they've gotten used to the schedule over time. It's not like I decreased it to two days yeah. you know immediately i mean no, i no. i no, wean and, them off and they're very yeah they're very fat and happy <laughs> yeah and i mean so. the, the the fish you you mentioned they're not fish that are very active so thus they're not burning a whole mess of calories so i mean every two days i i do that for my office tank and a lot of people are like what every two days i thought they need to eat every day or multiple times a day but honestly that's like you mentioned that's where a lot of the issues come um it's just too many nutrients going into the tank and yeah. obviously not being exported yeah, yeah. I, I my, totally agree with you there. My history came with the BioCube. I I had no filtration on that thing. I mean, I had a media basket, you know, but and that's what, about what, it. Can, you know, that's it. That was literally yeah. it. That and water changes. So I'm kind of scarred wow. from that. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. like I'm very careful about what I put into my tank because uh, yeah. yeah. That's a good thing though. That's a good thing. Cause I think that's one of the biggest pitfalls of people's nutrient import um, and not having the right export. So as long as you and uh, you, from the sound of it, it makes perfect sense, but you're beyond very cautious um, on that. And I doubt you'll probably have any issues from this point forward. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for, for your algae management issue um, uh, on that, or we can also call it nutrient export. Um, you had a skimmer and it sounds like you're, you're, was there any GFO, any carbon in that media basket or what, what, uh, what was in there in the media? On basket? my current tank or the bio cube and the bio, no, cube, no, the bio I cube, had, um, in the bio cube, I had just a media basket and uh, that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept Purigen and Chemipure in that. In my current tank. I love running that in my office tank. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a good combo. I feel. Um, yeah, no, totally. In my new tank, I have the same setup, media basket, Purigen, Chemipure, filter floss and filter balls and stuff like that. Um, and a yeah. filter sock. Um, <clears throat> but I also have, uh, the innovative marine skimmer, which I really like. So. Got it. The new one that was just released, am I correct? Yeah, it's so awesome too. It's so awesome. That's good. So, so in in your first skimmer, you're probably super excited. (laughs) Watching the bubbles and watching everything come out is so exciting. I remember when I got my first skimmer, watching that thing skim was the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. Right, and I think cleaning it (laughs) has become my favorite part of maintenance. Yes, yes. I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one. That's like, funny you bring such that up. Nastiness come out of my tank. Like it's 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 yeah. it's really like satisfying for some reason. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It is because it, it makes you feel like, oh look, I'm taking this out of the tank, which you really are. I mean, it's obviously coming from the tank, right? Right. I mean, it's gross to think how I managed without one. <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. But, so, yeah. in in going back to innov- your new innovative brain, I wanted to obviously is is we're all aware and people that aren't aware. The 29 gallon has, what happened to that tank? Has that tank been shut down or what, what's up with that tank? No, um, I gave it to my mom. <laughs> okay. Uh, she okay. just started reefing herself. I got her into the hobby. I got her hooked. So she took over my bio cube and it's up and running right now. It's cycled and everything. Um, problem is she's adding way too many corals in at once. And I'm like, eh, uh, stop. She'll learn. But she'll learn. She's almost crashed yep. her tank already with the uh, dosing too much <laughs> Nopox. So I remember you told me that. How much Nopox did you put in there? She was supposed to put two milliliters. You put two cups. Oh, okay. yeah. oh God. No, the, the entire tank filled up with this white <laughs> coating of this white slime. I've never seen anything oh. like that in my life and like on the internet wow. too. And wow. all of the spaghetti worms or whatever in the in the sand bed, like all oh, popped out. Like you, you could just. Oh, it was so bad. Was so, wow, so yeah, because I think two full cups of that is a hundred milliliters. Because yeah, each cup I mean, full you wouldn't is dose in a hundred gallon that. I mean, no, you on. wouldn't. Like, e- I was, was... going to say you wouldn't even. <laughs> you, you would not even do that in a hundred gallon, and she did in the twenty eight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So oh, we've been that is crazy. Yeah, it's been a nightmare trying to get it back to at least a resemblance of stability. And yeah, I caught her buying yeah. more corals too. So it's like, okay. Okay. <sighs> she she will learn wow. though. She's she's just so excited about everything. She's just doesn't. No, that's realize. a good thing. That's yeah. a good. That's a good thing. She's excited and uh, very cool. You know, for her to take on 
your old tank, but more importantly, be sharing the experience with you. Because I think there's nothing like having someone at home. Uh, you know, you guys can both have the same passion for the same hobby. Because like I said, it's really rewarding. Oh, yeah. Definitely, it's nice having her around. And, you know, sometimes when I get busy, she'll do a water change for me. That's, <laughs> that's, that's nice probably too. one of the best things. Yeah. If ever you need something, like, it's like, hey, so you're doing a water change day, right? Well, just do my tank while just you're at it. Just do my two <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works here. <laughs> I get away with that's a funny. lot of water changes. <laughs> so what what uh, what for, for water changes, do you mix your own salt? Do you buy pre-mixed salt? And if so, what brand do you use for either? Um, okay, so I've had a bit of a nightmare with this aspect recently. So I used to buy my own salt um, just because it's what I've always done and finally ended up entrusting my mother to buy an RODI unit. Uh, turns mm -hmm. out she bought an RO unit. Barely, oh, if side. that. It's for uh, drinking water purposes only. Uh, so okay. now my tank is in a bit of... A crisis because my nitrates and my phosphates are all up and it's 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 a mess uh, but that makes uh, sense uh so we ended up obviously the second i realized this we stopped using that rdi or ro unit completely ro water yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah you're and i wouldn't even call it ro water like i mean it was it was yeah i wouldn't even use that stuff in my fresh water but um <laughs> what we bought one, actually a new one today, so it's pretty exciting. Um, That's good. I'm, no, RODI is making the water so much fun. I love that. That's also right? another part I love. Yeah. And the convenience. Making RODI water. Like, we just mm -hmm. get, like, Having every Sunday, home. we fill up every single little five-gallon bucket in our house, and it's, like, the most rewarding yeah. thing. Like, it, the convenience does not. I mean, today, I actually had to go buy salt water and buy, you know, my fresh water and ah, uh, the jugs are still in the car. <laughs> I'm too lazy to go get them out. What, what's your preferred uh, salt water mix, or what 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 does your your LFS use, or what do you like? Um, I honestly forgot what my LFS uses, but um, I have right before my RO unit tragedy was discovered, I um. I ended up switching to the Red Sea Blue Salt Mix. Uh, That's what the blue I, bucket same thing salt. I use. Yeah, the mm -hmm. Blue Bucket yep. Mix. Um, originally, I was using the Black Bucket, and uh, that was a mistake. Uh, that added way too yeah. many nutrients in my tank, and it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't good for me. So I ended up switching to the Blue Bucket based on everybody's advice. I feel like everybody really recommends this stuff. I can't say I've honestly given it a good shot yet because, you know, with the whole unit issues and stuff like that. But um, it I'm really excited to look forward to it. Uh, to <laughs> I'm really excited to start using it because I have, you know, what, a hundred gallon bucket sitting in my garage now that unused. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, I think, I think you're like, I used to use the black bucket too, which is the elevated calcium, alkalinity, magnesium. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, now all I use is a blue bucket and I mean, nothing but great results is, is all I've had with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard, um, the, the black bucket like kind of gives you like fluctuated readings as well and like alkalinity and stuff. It does. Yeah, it does. Cause not not every batch mix is identical. I've noticed with the black one, you'll get 
Uh, one mix at 10, one mix at 12, sometimes 9.8. Yeah. And the blue bucket, almost every every time it's like 8.2 to 8.5, right in that range. Yeah. And that's where I maintain, you know, the dosing I do, it's right at 8.5. Yeah. Um, so it's it's right in line with everything. Yeah. Because that was happening to me when I was using it. I was, I was seeing all sorts of fluctuations, and it, it was quite, quite stressful. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could imagine. Yeah, I didn't know the source. I could imagine. Yeah, yeah. So for, for, for your, obviously, you don't have the 20, you physically in your possession, it's obviously your mom's, uh, the 29 anymore. Um, and I've heard you mention the new innovative Marine. Uh, so share a little bit, a little bit more with us about what that tank is, what that setup looks like. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I have a innovative marine forty gallon fusion tank. I have um, Kessel three sixty X's lights. Which, oh, the new one. Yeah, the new one. They're really wow. Cool they're so cool. yeah. I love them, and they're okay. so like visually sleek. Like if you see my tank, like it's just they it's, are. It's it's very nice. I love just the way they no, look. No, I think and... I think Kessel Kessel did a nice job. They're really really low profile lights, right? And I had the three yeah. sixties before this, so mm -hmm. I can really like I I did a comparison video actually about the three sixty X and the three sixties, and they are the features that they have added to this new light is just incredible. I mean, I love the the customization that you have now and the different features like the lunar cycle and everything like that. It's just so cool. I still have to like play around with them more because I feel like, I don't know, there's so many little things that you can do with those lights. I mean, they're really, they're really something else. And my corals love them. I mean, um, visually seeing the difference, I did like video comparisons. These, these lights are much, they're stunning. They're stunning, stunning, stunning. Yeah. So no, I think really they <clears throat> they hit it out out of the park with those those lights and like you said the customizability, uh, while still keeping what Kessel's known for the shimmer, the, the spread, shimmer. um, wow. and everything like that, right? Yeah, and that's that's what yeah. I was hoping wouldn't go wrong because I love the shimmer. I mean, that's why I'm such a Kessel fan. Is just you, the tank just is so pretty when it's you know when you're just viewing it like that. I really love them. But in the yeah, back no, of my certainly. tank, I have um, I have the Innovative Marine Skimmer. I have okay. uh, filter bags, a media basket, and I upgraded my pump as well. The return pump. Mm -hmm. To what is the... what are you running on? Is it like a DC pump or? Um, oh gosh, it's the. I feel like it's the innovative marine one as well. I like to go like by brand, you know. Got it. Okay. It yeah, I think if it's probably their new DC one, no, because they have some new DC ones that I think have come out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. I feel like I should get okay. this off the top of my head, but I don't. You don't really <laughs> think about your pump that much, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. And well, are you running? Are going. you running any any uh, uh, any reactors in there? Any GFO reactors, anything of that sort? Not yet, but it's something that I'm looking into because I have okay. a little bit of space left there, back there, because I have an all-in-one okay. tank. So I'm yeah. quite limited in what I can do and what I have to pick. Like right now I have a, a filter sock in there, and I'm thinking of just like replacing that. Um, that, Got that it. whole compartment with something that will be more beneficial. But 
right now on uh I'm in my media basket I'm just running the same old Purigen Chemi Pure deal that you ran from the yeah, yeah with the BioCube and the Got skimmer it. now and um uh, upgraded pump and yeah it's been working well so far I like to keep well, no, it I mean, simplistic if we, if, you know no and I I think I think that's that's a thing that a lot of people tend to over uh, complicate it but I think the the more simple you uh, do it the more easier it is going to be to obviously maintain down the road yeah and, and you don't i think if you make it too account, complicated yeah and the, all <laughs> these factors and trying to keep up with that it's like impossible mm -hmm. yeah no 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 trust me you can these reef tanks you can make them as complicated as you want that's that's one of the things um that i think a lot of people tend to do they'll make them super complicated uh, when a lot of times you don't need uh, a lot of the stuff that you may think you need uh, but no, that that's good. You, I mean, I think in in that tank you'd probably uh, a GFO reactor would be very very beneficial because obviously you can maintain your your phosphates and that'll that'll address that issue. Yeah, I've been thinking about yeah. adding one for sure. Definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I think it'd be really. Cool. And then like what I I've seen your Rockscape. Um, I'm sure a lot of people who follow you have probably seen it as well. It's very interesting, very open. Um, I like what you've done. It's not your standard just rock on top of rock on top of rock that looks like a, a pile of rocks. Uh, what what type of rock did you use in that? And what did you use to kind of hold it together? Or what, what inspired you to make the scape the way you did? Okay, so I I have an affinity for minimalistic Japanese reef tanks for some reason. Like Japanese-esque style reef tanks like bonsai tree, you know. Yeah. Um. I don't know why. I've always, like, if I look at all my reef tank inspiration, that's always been the one I like. Just minimalistic, simplistic, overarching, like, kind of hanging stuff. So, um, mm -hmm, with my mm -hmm. rock design, I kind of, I didn't have a plan. I just, just went for it, and it kind of made it. Just winged it. Yeah, just, just winged, winged it, it. You do, basically. You do, you do what I do. If it looks good, I'm happy with it. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know exactly where I drew my inspiration from. I think it was a combination. Yeah, those, like, no, minimalistic but it, 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 it came designs. Out real, but... it, it came out really nice, especially, like you said, with the overhang. I mean, there's so much space in the tank, and it, it, looks, it looks very, very nice. So I think the next thing, what, what are your plans for uh, – for coral, for livestock, as far as coral is concerned in that tank, what what would you like to make it in and what, what kind of where are you going to take it? Oh, definitely SPS dominant, for sure. I oh, mean, wow. it's just like the style of the tank. I don't picture anything else. I mean, but that yeah. is going to be a huge learning curve for me because I've never had SPS before. I haven't. Um, yeah. Just dealt with LPS and softies and stuff like that. Um so, but that's what makes it so exciting is that there's so much to learn and so much more to consider. So much room to grow. Past. Yeah. yeah. And I was yeah. really hoping that with this new tank, it wouldn't just be a repetition, you know, where I fall into those old, old habits of just doing what I know. You know, I don't mm -hmm. ever want this to be that freshwater tank. I want to constantly, every new tank, take it as a new learning step. So this tank for me is going to be my first journey into SPS, so it's scary. There's so much more I have to learn, all these things I have to take into consideration. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I I want to try my hand at a very low-nutrient tank, and that's going to be a whole new journey for me in a little nano-reef like that. So, mm -hmm. um, a lot to learn. You know, it's exciting. 
Um, Never ending for the learning, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I do want to keep some LPS, though, for sure. I mean, I love my LPS. I can't just give them up. So maybe, you know, yeah. add a few on the sound bed or something like that. But definitely yeah. want a lot of sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the movement. Yeah. So the movement. As as far as the LPS, what what is one you'd probably recommend or a few you'd recommend? Maybe your top five uh, to newer people that are probably listening and uh, listening to us today that you probably recommend as far as not being too hard to, to, to keep in yet very hardy with great color. Oh, okay. Um, well, my first squirrels that I ever added to my aquarium was GSV. So like green star polyps and Zoas, I think mm -hmm. especially Zoas, you can get some really beautiful Zoas, very hardy. I mean, easy to keep generally. Um, uh, also, um, starting out after that, I went to hammers and stuff like that. So you mm -hmm. in general are definitely more forgiving. Um, uh, they love kind of dirty water. I've noticed like even when, <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> right. They, they absolutely um, do. Yeah. Yeah. They, they like it when you mess up a little bit, <laughs> your parameters mm -hmm. aren't always perfect. They always open up more. So definitely hammers, torches, that kind of stuff. Um, obviously you need to take, you know, do research for every coral that you add and know its requirements, such as lighting and flow and everything like that. But, um, definitely those are the most forgiving, I feel, and great starters. Yeah. And that, that's funny. You mentioned that it, it's crazy how every single coral is very unique as far as the flow. It likes the lighting, uh, where placement is, is a big, big factor. Um, I think in our hobby. Right. I'd even say it's up to the individual coral as well. Cause like it is, it is, it is. Cause every, you can get the same species of coral. It may not like that highlighting or that flow or whatever the case is. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very unique. Um, how even placement is like a whole another dimension that obviously we haven't even touched on. Right. And it's like also at the same time, if it's unhappy and the more you move it, that contributes to the stress of the coral. It's, it's yeah. all. <laughs> can get pretty messy. Yeah, it, it yeah, it, it it's it's crazy thinking of that, uh, especially if you're new or wrapping your head around that. So typically you'd see an unhappy coral, so in your head you're like it only makes sense that if I move it, it's only going to help it, but they don't realize moving it actually makes it worse sometimes because you double stress it. Exactly. Um so yeah, yeah, taking it really slow is I think as you mentioned towards the beginning uh is a really really big factor um in the hobby. Yeah. And also just, yeah. I'd like to mention like tank maturity as well. Like some corals aren't just going to be as gorgeous, <clears throat> you know, starting out as it will in a couple of months once it's settled in, mm -hmm. you know, the amount of bacteria in your tank also factors into that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for, for SPS, like you mentioned that for sure, you know, you shouldn't be adding uh, any sooner than six months. I mean, there is cases where you can do it. Uh, but it's going to take a lot of your part to make sure everything is on point. Yeah. Um, and even then, that's not going to guarantee the success. So certainly, I think allowing the tank to mature uh, for certain corals will be very beneficial for not only you, but more importantly, the coral. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, yeah. So for for the, the I heard you mention um, SPS in the new build that you're looking to do uh, from this point forward. Um what is going to be your regimen as far as dosing, anything of that sort? Because 
Uh, it sounds like you're going to need a little bit more than, than just a few water changes here and there. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I recently bought a doser, uh, a JVO doser, um, but it's kind of gathering dust right now. I can't really dose mm -hmm. when I don't have that many corals in my tank to begin with. But uh, mm -hmm. I haven't really planned out my ro uh, my dosing regimen uh, exactly. I'm Got still it. trying to figure it out. I plan to dose the ESV Bionic two-part for mm -hmm. Alkencalc and then the C Chem Fuel stuff. Um, for amino acids? Off. Mm -hmm. yeah i love that stuff yeah yeah i've heard such great things so i wanted to get that especially for lps they love it yeah they love 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 that stuff yeah um and also i bought a slave doser with my my pump so i have about six free units there to to dose stuff so I was also that's a looking, lot of channels right right so i was also yeah, looking to dose for like color or other types of trace elements and stuff in the future but i i don't yeah. really know what i plan to do at this point in time yeah i, I think i i'm running the red sea coral colors both a or all a b c and d um How do you it's like almost those? been about a year and oh the colors i mean I, I can attribute it to to that so the colors certainly are deeper okay great so yeah, especially good things yeah more recently about more it? yeah it's it's curious. more targeted towards towards the hardy corals uh, -huh. uh, not really the softy stuff. Um, although they get a little bit of benefit from, but yeah, it's certainly more for like Monty caps, um, SPS pieces, anything of that sort. Ooh. Okay. I'll definitely have to look into the getting some of that for my tank in the future when I start to add sticks and stuff. And, you know, yeah, the only thing you're going to maybe run into is when doing the coral colors, you're going to, you're going to need a doser that does as low as 0.1 milliliter for a mm -hmm. tank your size. That's one of the yeah. only things because because the lowest your doser will dose is one milliliter. Um, and in the tank, you said 40-something gallons, uh, one milliliter, uh, depending on your calcium consumption, may be way too much. Yeah. But, of course, you'll, you'll, you'll cover that down the road. And there's plenty oh, of yeah. dosers that'll do, that'll do the up to 0.1 milliliter. Um, but other than that, it, it's very simple to use because it's based off your calcium consumption. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So they make it very easy. And I mean, now with ICP test kits, that opens up a whole nother dimension. We can, uh, in essence, look into our, our, our water. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Have you ever done an, an ICP at all? No, I want to, though. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Didn't you? Yeah, no, it is. They'll. I've done like three of them, yeah. Three. The only yeah. bad thing is a yeah. The only bad thing is a waiting period. You ship your water to like Germany. Um, oh yeah. And you gotta wait. And you'd think by yeah, that time wait, like, it would kind of change anyway, right? Well, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, another company does it here in the U.S. That's the, I guess the whole argument is it's really expensive here in the U.S. So that's why yeah. they get shipped out, um, out to do them. But no, it, it's very cool. Like I said, it gives you a whole another inside look. Um, oh, yeah into your parameters like you know we'd never be able to test ever so you do testing so one of the things i want to touch on is uh two things what uh what do you test for in your reef tank and as well uh what brand of test kits do you use so i use uh salifert test kits once a week and i test all of the parameters using that 
Um, so, you know, phosphate, nitrate, alkalinity, calcium and whatnot. But throughout the week, especially if something kind of happens, for example, like right now I'm trying to figure out my alkalinity because it, long story short, my, my doser was running when it shouldn't have been. So when mm. something goes wrong like that, I like to use my Hannah checkers every day because it makes checking them really fast and breezy. So I use uh, the Hannah checkers, like the calcium one and the alkalinity one pretty much every day for like a quick check. And then, yeah, okay. salifer once And then a like um, what for, for alkal specifically alkalinity, calcium, magnesium, and, and nitrate, and I guess we'll throw in phosphate. Uh, what do what is the magic number you shoot for uh, for those uh, those elements? Um, I don't really shoot for a magic number. Um, I'm more you know, I try not to chase numbers, rather just have stability. With alkalinity, I like it around like eight point five or nine, and calcium like four fifty. I think that's what I like to keep it at. But right now my parameters are all skewed up because of some issues I've been having. My tank has been quite dramatic recently. It's not it's not good. <laughs> Everything's kind of off whack. But I use like the ideal parameters as a guideline, but as long as it's somewhere in there and it's stable, that and then I'm happy. I'm never trying to, Got you it. know, chase a perfect number if that makes sense. So Yeah, no, it doesn't and, and I believe <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people um, are always trying to really chase that uh that perfect number. Uh, but I, I mean, if you ask me, I think that actually does a little bit more damage than it does good, uh, you know, for a reef tank, especially obviously since we're so after um, stability, right? Mm -hmm. Stability is way more yeah. important than a number, I think. So as long as it's no, somewhere totally. in the acceptable range and it's constantly there, then I think you're just fine. You're good to go as long as they're they're in check. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As long as they're in check. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I think I think we've answered a lot of questions that, uh, you know, I've had uh, along the time I've been following you as well as uh, more importantly, the people that are uh, listening uh, to us here today, because uh, I think you probably get a lot of messages of people asking what you do, how you do it, how you got started, uh, what you maintain your levels and just so many questions, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah. direct them here. Well, our, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're gonna be able to to kind of get everything here. But um, Queen of Reef, I want to thank you very much for uh, being with us uh, today on this uh, long episode. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed it. I know we had a blast uh, having you here on the episode. Hopefully we can have you back again. And uh, thank you very much for showing, uh, you know, what you've done, what you're doing and your future plans. We look very forward to see where you take your new uh, innovative marine tank. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. <laughs> it was, no, it was, it was very enjoyable. No, it, it was a blast and hopefully we can work uh, uh, something out again. So everyone, thank you very much for listening uh, here on The Reef Talk. If you guys like what you heard, you guys aren't subscribed yet, be sure to subscribe. Um, you know, we're releasing uh, audios on a weekly, sometimes bi-weekly basis. So it's going to be a lot of stuff entertaining, a lot of stuff to learn. I thank you very much uh, for tuning in. As always, guys, thanks for watching. Happy reefing.